ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Hey, Shannon, how are you doing? Hey, I'm drinking some, some tea. I need to add some ice to it, though. Uh, it's better to be iced tea than just straight tea. Um, but I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, brother? Actually doing okay. I found myself getting up this morning early because I saw Bitcoin going over 30000 again. Holy cow. Wow, man. It's jumping. Um, yeah. Maybe two months ago, I looked at... Uh, hang on just a second. I looked at it and... Uh, and um, wondered if it was going to go up at all, and lo and behold, it's starting to move again. You got any predictions on Bitcoin? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's a little bit high. And I guess, you know, I sent you the sheets this morning. You want to share those with the, with the listeners? They can, they can email me or email you and we could share them. Absolutely. Um, and better the you- thing that's interesting was Bitcoin overheated on Wednesday. That's when it first broke 30,000. It got to 30,737. At which point, that was three standard deviations over its 21 and 34 days moving averages which is always a good marker to tell you to get out for a while well yes it went down it got down to 29.6 but then it started going back up again the news came out it's been confirmed now the president of BlackRock Larry Fink appropriate name at times. Now he's decided to make massive investments in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Really? A couple other cryptos. And you know, this is Mr. World Economic Forum. Isn't that interesting? You would think that they would look at that as their enemy. But they're actually embracing uh, Bitcoin. What do you make of that? Well, number one, they're realizing that central bank digital currencies just can't be created on a dime. Second, most governments do not have the best programmers. And it takes a very, very special type of programmer to create any kind of crypto coin, let alone a central bank digital currency. I mean... Ask the people at Litecoin. Ask the people who do the stable coins just how difficult it is. And, you know, even though the SEC has lost a couple of cases recently, you know, they're still, they don't like these stable coins because if I need to move dollars quickly, it's still the best way. If I need to pay you, say, $1,000 
$1,000, I can have it to you in the next 30 minutes using a stable coin. Right. Crypto's awesome. And that is, it's incredible. And I just, I've been amazed at the speed. And it doesn't matter where these people are in the world. They're doing, they're doing all sorts of, of crypto. And, you know, it is, hasn't been without some bumps along the way. Anytime you develop something that nobody has done before, it's going to have bumps. But I think the Bitcoin people and whoever whoever this Satoshi Nagasaki is, I think they he led a team that did some very, very good programming. I admire him. Did I ever tell you that when I first moved here, um, there was this uh, website called Meetup. And um, I think it was called Meetup. And I was looking for maybe any uh, Bitcoin clubs or anything around here, crypto. And through that, I found this guy was posting it in. He claimed to be Satoshi Nakamoto. And he Oh, was, really? He was meeting at a hotel like every Thursday for like a, a brunch. And you could come out and talk about crypto and meet him. And, and uh, I contacted him. I said, hey, I want to meet up with you. So we decided to meet at a mall where they had a little um, little cafeteria. And I bought this guy some coffee. And this dude comes in. He's from Texas with glasses and cowboy boots and jeans. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I said, uh, are you Satoshi? And he said he was. Now, he looked at me, and uh, he, mu- he must have believed the story. So that would have meant he was, he was either Satoshi or he thought he was. And he was mentally insane. I think it was the, less, the, 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 the latter. But he claimed to be Satoshi, and I, uh, I went along as though he was Satoshi. And I was just, you know, wanted to see what he knew, and he was uh, using some crypto terms at that time, which made me know he knew at least a little bit about crypto. But uh, I asked him for his license, and he pulls his driver's license up, but he had his finger over his name, so he wouldn't tell me the complete truth. And all I can get, gather is uh, he was a expat who was living over here and it exceeded his visa and I think was living illegally <laughs> and must have Could hooked be. up with an Indonesian woman had a child and was living in a hotel and had taken on the acronym Satoshi Nakamoto but um, never saw him again or talked to him again mm. so was he the real Satoshi Nakamoto or was he I doubt it did he just believe so in his own mind well <laughs> All I can say is if I could ask him a few questions, I would know the answer. Absolutely. But the trouble is it's it would be all shop talk. And well even though I haven't written a lot of code, well I shouldn't say that. I wrote a little bit this morning. I remember but, he, he was using the term fungibility and I was like, What is fungibility? I had to go and look that one up. Um we're live with Professor Tom Mack and Tom, I'm gonna give you the mic to go anywhere you want. But uh, before you continue, um, I'm looking at Coin Market Cap, which I have a bookmark for, and uh, Bitcoin sitting at 31 and change right now. Yeah. I think we got up to uh, we were like 62 or 63 about a year ago, weren't we? Oh yes. 
That's what he said. Uh, that was when the World Economic Forum decided to declare war. It's they do the that every so often. Do you think um, we may be turning around? That'd be a positive thing. I know some people that uh, got into coins like Shiba Inu, and when the bottom dropped out, um, they're still stuck in it, hoping that it will go back up, and I hope it will too for their sake. Um, I think that actually we could see this thing uh, begin to skyrocket again. Do you think it's it's feasible? What That's possible. People talked about in the past it doing, going over 100,000 a Bitcoin? That would yeah, be amazing. Just, right now, I'm, I'm just putting in the new number here and seeing what I get. Max Kaiser. I haven't t- tuned in him in a while, but um, I don't know if he's moved to El Salvador or not, but uh, El Salvador president decided to peg their their uh, to ex- the, the comp- country to be allowed to uh, transact in Bitcoin. Did he peg the El Salvadorian yeah. dollar to the BTC? Well, he was getting ready to, and so, suddenly all the foreign exchange traders had a fit about it. I know the IMF got angry and threatened him. Yeah, and, and that's what happened. However, yeah. we weren't hearing about BRICS so much then. Now that seems to be what's consuming everybody. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what they do in South Africa in a couple of weeks. And I guess Putin is going down there. Really? And I'm surprised he would do it, but South Africa's made it very, very clear he's he's got safe passage there. And indeed, I just looked at the numbers, sure enough, on the 55-day moving average, it's over three which is usually a very bearish thing, which means some people are going to start selling now that it's got up there again. It'll be interesting to see what happens because the trading that pushed it over 30,000 is coming from Asia. Now all the Middle Eastern people are going to bed too. The Asians are in bed already. And the Middle Eastern people are starting to go to bed, too. And now it's up to Europe, which will be pretty much sacking out in another couple hours. And then it'll be up to the United States, South America, to see how it finishes out the day. And right now I'm looking... It's going to be interesting because I've, I just don't follow Bitcoin by itself. I follow it along with several others. One of them that's got my interest is one called Rootstock Bitcoin, which is RBTC and then whatever your local currency is. And it's, it's a little more flexible. It allows, allows you to, trade in a a number of ways and also to invest in other businesses using your Bitcoin without having to lose control of your Bitcoin. Of course, there's 
wrapped Bitcoin, which is a connection to Ethereum. So you can you have Bitcoin, but be attacked or attached to the Ethereum platform, and then you can invest in plenty of and plenty of businesses, both on level two and level three. And what we're seeing is a major change in the crypto market. That's because we're now we've seen level one, which is Ethereum. Now we're starting to see level two and level three, and you can do it for a lot of things like social media. There's companies out there that will handle your social media. And you can buy into their company and you and they'll do a lot of your work for you. I've sort of looked into some of that. We'll talk about some in a few minutes. What about uh, XRP? Has there been any uh, new rulings made on that or are they still locked up in legal battles with the SEC? It's, it's starting to look like they're going to win. Really? I think they're going to they're going to prevail because the SEC's case is sort of flimsy. I know some people, and the judges have pretty much said that. I know some people that went all in on XRP, and they're hoping that it goes up again. I mean, it was three dollars one time; it's sitting at forty nine cents. I remember when it was ten cents. Um, well, if that thing was approved, man, that thing's going to skyrocket in value right now. If I had my druthers, I would I would go in on uh, Bitcoin and probably XRP, speculate on that. Um, by the well, way, we'll talk about some ones here, but as I said, with Bitcoin, there's ways to invest too. Grayscale has a Bitcoin trust, and it's only $17 a unit. So it's a way for a lot of people to invest in Bitcoin. I don't think it's performed as well as Bitcoin has, but sometimes it does. And in down markets, it seems to do better. You know, I've played crypto at multiple levels. In 2016, after John McAfee put out this tweet that said, Bitcoin's going to hit over 2,000, I said, uh, I better pay attention to what this guy's talking about. Because, you know, he picked it right last time, made $100 million when he sold his company, moved to Belize. And one of the listeners out there, Tom, contacted me in 2016 that said, hey, do you got a Bitcoin wallet? I want to send you a couple dollars in Bitcoin. I got to think, wait a minute. Yeah, I did. I do. I've got one I set up in Coinbase when I was in Vegas. And that was when crypto was $700 for a Bitcoin. And I had bought $20 of Bitcoin, Tom. And I went and found my wallet, opened it up, and it was now worth $70. And I was like, whoa. And then coupled what McAfee said, I thought, I thought to myself, I need to become a Bitcoin miner. And yeah. I make a long story short, um, I stumbled across a, a shop here at the RTC Mall where they had actually a crypto miner's a rig on, sitting on the ground of their, their electronic shop. And I said, I found what I needed. And I built, they built for me rather, we had five mining rigs. I had 27 uh, GPU cards. And I was mining Ooh. ETC. Round the clock. 
uh, Ethereum and then ETC and then I experimented with different coins um, I did not have uh, a Bitcoin miner that you needed from Antminer but later on I actually special ordered a uh, a mining rig and uh, I, w- I was mining some of the other coins um, and I tried my hand at that we actually created a coin called Spawn I had a hundred Chinese miners uh, mining this um, this algorithm and uh, we actually got on a ch- one Chinese exchange but it fell through and eventually after nine months I threw in the towel because I could not get on coin market cap or coin gecko without being right. willing to pay a lot of money you got to pay to play uh, or just have something so hot that they want to put you on there so without the an exchange to trade on I shut it down that was my experiment then I went back to day trading and got squeezed out a year ago um, I said all that to say this as you're talking about it today it's getting me excited again and when you just text me before the show uh, I mentioned to you that there's some new development out there and I'm going to throw it back to you PayPal which did a beta test over a year ago where you could begin to buy a couple of the, the bigger crypto coins but just hold them there in your PayPal account so you could buy and you could sell back to PayPal some months ago they opened up the capability to where now you've got a wallet like any other place and you can send and receive Bitcoin Ethereum, I think Litecoin and a few others and um, a couple months ago maybe two months ago I said you know what I have no crypto right now I'm going to get back into it I, I, I bought $20 uh, worth of Bitcoin. Right now, my total portfolio, I own about $100, $100 of Bitcoin. Not much. I just begin to put some pocket change up there. A couple times and, you know, buy $20 worth. They'll charge you a dollar uh, transaction fee to $2. But what I found out you could do is you can actually, if you've got a PayPal account, You've got a Bitcoin wallet too. You can actually, whatever you want to buy, $5 of Bitcoin, you can buy it. And if someone wants to send it to you, you can have it sent to your PayPal account. Also, you can send it out to anybody in the world. So it's never been any easier to get into crypto than it is now. And if you've got a PayPal account, well, you're already good to go. Of course, there's other wallets you can get. Uh, Cash App, you can actually buy crypto, apparently. But I said yeah. all that to say this. One thing that nobody is, I don't hear anybody talking about still. Almost, uh, what, seven years into this game. Uh, is, uh, what are people doing for taxation? Because when it comes to the time where you actually do a transaction, uh, you have to, at that point in time, be liable for up to 40% tax on that capital gain. Is that still true? Okay, what that is is it's a capital gain. I got to explain to him. Not a tax advisor. You need to talk to your tax person about it. But I will give you the general rules. Basically, what you make. Let's say you invest twenty bucks in in Bitcoin and you sell it at fifty. You will have $30 that will be added to your income for the year and you will pay tax on that 30 bucks. On whatever you've gained? So I mean let's say if yes. you, 
Okay, so if you made $30, uh, then you're going to pay tax on that capital gain. Right. Well, if you're a day trader or just a trader and you're constantly buying and selling, um, is it okay to do that? Because what happens if you buy again, but then you lose that money that you made from the previous gain? Okay, then you have a capital loss, and you could use that to offset your gain. So you don't actually... Um, when do you pay the piper? I mean, what if it's almost like a form of gambling, you know? <laughs> but let's say you lose when it's all said and done. Win, loss, win, 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 loss, and at the end, uh, okay, you're negative. Personal capital losses you can deduct up to two thousand a year on so, your income tax. What you're saying to me is you're not liable except for what you end up with in your pot of money. Uh, versus right. what you what you make or lose is what you're going to report. So it's on a IRS form Schedule D is where you're going to put those transactions. Or if you're a day trader, your tax person's going to lump you. But honestly, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, tell me about it. But what I do is I keep a spreadsheet and I keep track of all my transactions when I got in when I get out Yes. and then I, I know exactly what to tell my tax person which is myself I still do my own taxes no I don't do anybody else's I do my own so Uncle I, Sam doesn't uh, get paid irregardless of, um, let me, how am I saying this okay so let's just say you made you did a uh, a Transaction and you made five hundred dollars. Okay, the first question is: Did you, have you sold it yet? Yeah, so I'm you saying take, you sell it. Uh, you bought low and sell high, and yeah. you're you're out, and you made five hundred dollars profit off the transaction. Yeah. But the thing is, if you've made five hundred, but you're still in it, you haven't sold it. You don't have to pay any tax until you sell it. No, I'm talking about not sitting hold and watching it go up. I'm talking about you want to actively buy and sell uh, maybe multiple times a day if it's if there's volatility. You're playing the market. Better, keep, it. Record. Better keep records of it. Okay, so definitely keep and records. And, you know, Coinbase will help you do that. So will the other exchanges because they I, keep all the records too. Okay, so let's say... Uh, you you bought uh, Bitcoin right now at uh, thirty one thousand two hundred forty, and we had a market surge and it goes up to thirty five thousand tomorrow. And you said I'm selling, and I'm going to take that profit, which is you know let's just say rent, just say made four thousand dollar profit just for argument. Now you're sitting with four thousand cash in your account. Uncle Sam wants forty percent of that, but not necessarily. It's 15% till you get to another bracket, then it goes up to 26. However, the trouble is you have this, you have your state that also wants a chunk too. That's okay. when it starts getting up to 40%. Okay, but... So I'm if you saying, live in California and have to deal with their lovely franchise tax board, oh, okay. yes, or let, state of New York, I have a few friends there. But let's say you're not going to just sit tight there. You want to take it immediately, the market drops again down to 28, and you say, great. 
and you're going to buy at 28 and now you're in for another transaction and then it goes up right. and you sell that all out and now you're you're up to a thousand dollars plus in your account and you're buying and selling back like that multiple transactions even a day or a week um do you have to pay for every transaction, or is it only going to be at the end with whatever you're left with? Because let's say I do another transaction, no, no, and I lose everything, every, and I'm down to every, zero. Every single transaction stands by itself. Well, but then what you do at the end of the year is you add up all your gains and all your losses, and you pay it based upon a net number. Well, so let's say you had... You did... A hundred transactions, you made twenty thousand off of them. But you did another fifty transactions where you lost thirty thousand. You would pay income tax on the twenty thousand you finally made because each transaction stands by itself. Right, but I don't understand something. So let's say I bought low and sold high, cashed out, and I got five hundred dollars profit. Right. And of that, I'm supposed to be taxed on that $500 capital gain, right? Right. Do I need to take that out and put it to the side? Because what happens if I just take that whole 500 and put it back into another transaction? Now, if Uncle Zam actually owns 15% of that, then that means I'm playing with his money, right? Yeah, you are, for all intents and purposes. Another thing you got to be careful of, if you're successful, as some people are with this, Every quarter, you need to figure out how much you've made on your transactions, and you got to make an estimated tax payment based upon what you made. Let me say this. This whole thing is a crypto night financial nightmare if you don't keep good books. So listen to and that's all the time. Just it. you got to keep records. You just can't do this and, and not... This is not like to. sitting down at a casino table and you're just, you know, doing one trade after the next and you're winning and you might win or lose in the night, but you have no idea how many transactions you went through uh, or what have you. And uh, it's a nightmare. It's like a, a can of spaghetti if you're not organized. Well, at least in gambling, if you <laughs> the thing. And my tax teacher said this many, many years ago. He's no longer with us, but he said, he said, if you want losses, go to the horse track and pick up tickets off the floor. I kind of, I've been in and out of crypto for many years. Uh, Haven't done anything in a while. I got squeezed last year. Um, Because I don't have an American driver's license anymore, I could not renew my Coinbase account. They wouldn't let me do it with a passport, so they said uh, you have to close your account out and transfer anything got off, so I had to get off there. Indonesia came through with the first international law that they were going to begin to tax capital gains at 10%, and I said, that's just great. So what we had, we cashed out, and then uh, as the market is dropping from 62 on Bitcoin down to the 30s, so uh, we just got smashed, hammered. Lost 50%. Okay. Let me warn you something. When you do that, and if you pay taxes in Indonesia on your transaction, 
what you pay in taxes in Indonesia, you can use to offset your income tax in the United States. They call it a foreign tax credit. And you pretty much get dollar for dollar. If you pay it to Indonesia, you don't have to pay it to the United States. So we got smashed uh, with the the drop in Bitcoin, and it, it never has recovered. Uh, today we are at 31, but that's not even half of where it was over a year ago. Right. So uh, I've been out There's of the game. There's a lot of people carrying losses forward. I've been out of the game for a year. I'm only back in at a $20 bill here or there. But why I said that is this is my uh, observation. I don't know if I'm right on this or not. There's more coins than you can count. There's thousands of altcoins out there. And, you know, at one time yeah. it was all about we've got, a, we've got a special algorithm that's going to do this or it's going to give you this service. I don't actually know if any of that values anymore like people used to put a value on it. I think that people that are in it for the most part are just in it for speculation and hoping to find the coins that are going to surge and they can, you know, sell and, and cash out. Is anybody really interested in the utility anymore of what the technology does or is it really yes. just a fact, speculation? That's what a lot of do because a lot of people are starting to use crypto to fund their business because you sure can't get loans from the banks these days. But if you can, you can come up with a good coin. You can fund your business with it, but you really have to have a bang up white paper. Well, the whole reason for creating crypto to begin with, starting with Bitcoin, which spawned all these other coins, was to create something that had scarcity value. It wasn't like the fiat currency. They just create any infinity every day, whatever they want. There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoins. You had the um, uh, destabilizing currency. And this was ability to take control of your money back in your hands and out of the big banks that could seize your money, could cut you off from it, could devaluate it. And what was the other thing? Anonymity? I mean, you know, and you could you can send your money anywhere to anyone you want 24-7 a day. You don't have to worry about big fees for wire transfers or even Western Union or bank holidays or waiting till Monday or bans outright on where you can send it. That was the whole reason for creating Bitcoin. Um, uh, Not for transparency to government. Uh, This was to break free of the Fed. This is supposed to bust the balls, crack the balls of the Federal Reserve. Is anybody still talking about that anymore? And then that in light of the announcements that were going to digital CBDCs, how do you um, reconcile this right now? Where where are we in 2023? You know, basically, again, what you have to understand is crypto is an alternative market. It's a it's a world unto itself, totally separate, distinct from other worlds. People are using crypto to do things that you could never get a bank loan for, but it's making some people very successful. You take Ethereum right now. Its its biggest thing is it's spawned literally thousands of businesses. 
you can use that Ethereum to finance your company. And now with all these swaps, people can take their Ethereum and also buy into these businesses. And it's amazing some of the things you can do. Are there still places? High, are there still expensive gas like, fees? Go ahead. Are the gas fees still expensive for ETH? That that got dropped quite a bit with their newest their newest fork. Because they, they realized that the gas fees were going to drive them out of business because there's a couple other, Nexum and right. a couple others that have come in with less gas fees. So you either got to adjust or you're done. Did they go to complete proof of stake and drop proof of work altogether? Yeah, they're. I don't know exactly how it's doing now, but under their newest fork, it reduced those fees considerably. You know, and I'm looking here, little peek, peek at Ethereum here. This I got, I got destroyed in in crypto and been out of it a year. But uh, I have interest in it again. I've never seen in my lifetime anything that you have an opportunity to make more money with that anybody can get involved in. Now it's not a guarantee. You're more likely to lose and win, but still, it's amazing. Uh, and I know people have gotten involved in stocks and forex and all these other things. Um, there's nothing like crypto, and I don't think there ever will be again. I mean, it's an amazing space. Look at the people that bought Doggy Coin. Well, right now, cheap. you know what's the funny, funny one out there? It's really done well. What? It's called Doge Killer. Really? Let me go look that one up. Hold that. It's called Doge Killer. I I saw that thought of you immediately. I got a brother in Shiba Inu. We got to get him back up so we can sell and get out of there because uh, it took a drop. Um, Doge Killer. Yes. The. Oh, I see it. Leash. Yeah, leash. It's... Holy cow! This is two hundred ninety nine dollars a coin. Good, great. Yes. Too late to get in on that one. <laughs> well. What the heck? What's it doing? Well, it was up to 600 bucks a while back earlier this year. I'm looking for the ones that you can buy for a penny. I know that. That's too late. <laughs> but I think Doge's going to... That's interesting. Or Doge, we got to say it. Well, I know. They call it Doge, just like people call... Uh, well, you know what Doge means, don't you? No. It's Italian for leader. Oh, really? Yeah. But there's a dog face, so I just thought, you know, just a doggy coin. Doggy. Yeah. Well, the reason they call it Doge is because that's that's an Itali- Italian word for leader. Well, I like lasagna. We'll give the Italians their day. We'll just go with Doge. Yeah, I, I Okay. Point taken. Folks, welcome aboard. We're live with Professor Tom Mack. You don't know where we're going to go on this show. Uh, We're talking about crypto tonight. You know, Tron, I'm surprised that thing's never taken off. I had high hopes for Tron. Justin Sun was going to turn that into a moneymaker. It's still at seven cents. 
Yeah, I... The trouble with Tron, I was in it for a little while. And I actually thought it might be the... It might be the one that will do... Would do it. But the leadership has this tendency to make some plays and statements from time to time. And as an investor... As an investor, that's a little what we call disconcerting. You get a little concerned because management needs to be steady, needs to needs to have a have goals set forth, and they need to stick with them. And you can't be going from one place to another to another to another. That confuses investors and they leave. I think they have a chance, but they've got to I think they gotta get somebody who's over thirty running it. At the end of the day, do you think Max Kaiser is right that most coins are I'll use Spanish, caca coins? Uh, and in the end it will only be Bitcoin? Uh, or do you have faith? I in think some there's of some other. I think there's some others, but you're going to have to really do your homework to find them. You know, I, I think would... one that you might find interesting out in your world is Huobi's version of Bitcoin. Huobi. Yes, you know it's a big exchange in China, and you might be able to do well with that. That brings up a, a, a good good point. Um, you've got a lot of these coins that are on the Ethereum network. But then you also have a lot um, that are not. And um, they seem to be Chinese coins tied into um, some of the Chinese exchanges. Now, with the regulations that came down for America... Uh, where, what's, what is the deal right now? Can, can Americans actually buy from Chinese exchanges? Or do they have to be licensed in America, the Chinese exchange? like uh, Basically, if an American wants to buy from a foreign exchange, they have to come, they have to get a VPN and park themselves somewhere else. Because the exchanges are required to do KYC, know your customer, and they want a copy of, right. of all your ID, yeah. Okay, nothing's changed. So, there. but if you do that, but if you go to a foreign country, they aren't so strict. Tether was the name I was looking for. So a lot of these coins are tied into Tether, and someone yes. said Tether um, is a house of cards that will fall. But I heard that a few years ago. They're still there. Um, they're still there, and they're still working. Still number three because they because they're their big thing, and what's made them work is the fact that they won the trust of the banks. They did. So if I'm a banker and I got to move some money for my customer to some place in Russia, and I don't trust anybody in Russia, what am I going to do? I'm going to I'm going to hitch up to Tether and I'm going to send that money that way. The other bank on the other side gets on their side, I get my stuff or my customer gets his stuff 
as quickly as they get their money. Now, whereas you have China and the uh, Tether, uh, is it true that there's a stable coin that's owned by Goldman Sachs? Is that USDT? They're working on one. USDC? One of the banks apparently already have one. Oh, who owns that? I think it's USD coin, USDC. Look here. Now, USDT is Tether, but USDC is number five. And uh, one of those is owned by one of the banks I heard. I think it was Goldman Sachs, but I would need to verify. Um, You have a thing called the MetaMask wallet. Have you ever used the MetaMask wallet for coins? I have wondered about its security. I used it for a time, and um, it seemed to work pretty well. And you could do a swap to get some of these altcoins. Like, you know, I had like a Tari coin at one time and then wanted to trade yeah. that for another one. By the way, what is a Tari coin doing? But while I'm just... Not very good. Not very good. It's probably... It's below a cent right now. Oh, man. You know what? I would love to start it... up another coin. Uh, I found a guy, and there's many of them out there that can do it. He's a programmer. Uh, from Upwork, I think it was. And um, he was able to take a couple different algorithms, and we were able to start, as I mentioned, a coin from ground zero. And it had an Android app, even. Uh, Android wallet. Oh, wow. Yeah, it had an Android wallet. Um, you could mine it from your computer, okay, using GPU cards. And right. uh, then got one Chinese exchange. And literally, I had 100 miners that I was working with on WeChat. So I downloaded that Chinese app, communicated with them on that. It was like a Chinese telegram, if you will, WeChat. And um, they were mining it. We were all mining it. Created the logo for it, um, but couldn't get it on the big exchanges. So as I mentioned, it, it went into cardiac arrest when we couldn't really trade it. And what a sad experiment for an ending which could have been great. However, I would love to do it again. But in 2023, I don't know if anybody's doing proof of work anymore. No, they still are. To the degree then that they they were then, because now you got proof of stake and you have these other, you know, well, of course, you don't want to just have a, uh, what, what is it called, where an IPO, ICO? Yeah. ICO? It, this your coin offering? Yeah. Uh, you can get in trouble for that. Where you just create the coin and you sell it right off it because most of those are scams. We don't want to scam anyway, yeah. but if there was there was a guy who was look, working with pie miners, have you ever seen those little pie computers? Yes. I have two of those little guys, a pie zero. It's a little computer you can buy for about 75 bucks. And you can hook it up to a monitor and it runs off Linux. And you can run some different programs on there. There were some pie miners out there. The thought was, the entry point to become a crypto miner is so high. You know, on average, you need two to four thousand dollars worth of hardware. You're probably not going to make your money back, and uh, on top of that, a lot of people can't afford that. Uh, wouldn't it be great if you could just have a miner on your phone? The problem is, a miner would destroy your your phone. So the yeah, thought occurred: find a Pi computer. They don't generate much heat. You don't have to worry about a fire. 
And those things have the capability of, of uh, running a, a miner for certain coins. Anybody could get a pie machine. The key is let the whole world have the opportunity to mine in some way. You need an inexpensive miner, but then you still got to get on one of those blasted exchanges because without the ability to buy and sell, speculate on it, you know, what are you going to do? But then what do you think the fallout's going to be of these CBD coins, C coins, these digital federal crypto coins like Fed Bitcoin? Uh, do you think really they're going to shut number down number one? They're going to have they're having a hard time getting them up, and and their tests have not been very good as as of late. But you know they're just behind the curve, and people don't trust it. It's going to take a while for people to trust it. People want their cash. Have you heard the news headline? Um, it's coming out that uh, by the end of this year, the EU wants to release their new digital wallets, and they want everybody to opt into them? Good luck on that. Because as I say, Valerie Putin's not going to play along, and neither will Red China. So suddenly two-thirds of the world is already on the other side against them. There's there's a good reason why the EU has some really dubious leadership. Vanessa Van Crazy is what one guy calls her, and she's supposedly the president of this place. And I don't know how their economy is going to survive now that they can't get cheap energy. Let and when the some. United States blew up the the pipeline, right? the Nord Stream pipeline, they're really in a world of hurt. And a lot of German businesses have gone under because they can't afford the energy. So I got an email today. It says, Civil Liberties Groups push back against EU digital ID proposals. On the brink of the European Union's unveiling of the European Digital Identity Wallet, called EUDI, a collective of civil society groups, scholars, and research bodies is voicing their unease. They caution that the project might carry major risk for Europeans. EU member states have pledged to deliver the EUDI wallet to citizens by 2023's end. That's this year. The wallet is pushed as a way to smooth the process of accessing services like digital travel driver's license and bank and medical records. So, Electronic Frontier Foundation, Privacy International, some more, they sent a letter um, in protest and raising their voice against the uh, the problem that this is going to cause for privacy and the like. But this EU group over there, man, they want to do that by year's end? Put everybody on a digital wallet? Um, they're well, they're not going to get everybody on a digital wallet. I mean, 
you go to France, you're starting to wonder if we're seeing 1793 all over again. And you go to Germany, it's like the Weimar Republic all over again. I think their biggest job is they're going to have to figure out a way to to get order in their countries before they can come up with all these lofty ideals. Look at the threats being made by that EU commissioner against Elon Musk with regards to wanting him to comply with their censorship rules. Uh, Well, good luck on that. And they're saying that uh, if he doesn't comply, they can fine him a percentage of his company earnings each and every day. Good luck, Cat, collecting it. Now, he's no slow leak. I'm sure he's got the best lawyers on uh, how to respond to this. And I would tell him to go pack sand, too. But um, that's going to be interesting because they sit there threatening him on Twitter saying, uh, get ready. You can run, but you can't hide. We've got enforcement teams ready to enforce this as soon as we go live with this uh, in a few weeks. So the EU is crazy. They're calling for the digital ID. They want um, Twitter to survey everybody and do daily reports on what they're doing to limit uh, speech. And then, uh, of course, they've said that by 2033, they're going to ban all gasoline engines. So what are you going to be able to drive? A bicycle? Honestly, what they're after is the 15-minute city. Right. And one of the ways they're going to do that is make it expensive, too expensive for people to own cars. They're literally coming for our cars. Only the elite are going to have them. But unfortunately, one of the things the elite is finding out, and they're finding out the hard way, is that you can have a revolution again. The Kaiser was dumped once. He can be dumped again. You know, I would say to the EU, I'd say to hell with you. Um, If you want to ban us in in Europe, okay, fine. Do it. And suffer the wrath of the uh, base of users that use Twitter. I wouldn't kowtow to them. Do you think he's he's going to bow to their... Their demands? They're going to work out something. It's one of those things. When you go to negotiate something, one, when you first go in, you have your hardest line. Then you're going to get the other side that's going to want something that favors them. And eventually you have to go back and forth till you get something in the middle. And that's probably what will happen. Except that but I got EU, a feeling it'll probably lead more towards Elon than it will towards Obama. I don't think because so. he's a better negotiator. I don't think the EU though has been known for one to negotiate. I mean, look at uh, the hardship that they're putting the farmers to. Is it over the Netherlands where they're forcing people? Well, and guess what happened in the Netherlands? All the politicians got voted out, and all that stopped. Well, I know that there was a major victory by that um, coalition of farmers to gain some seats, but still, the prime minister over there says uh, non-negotiable. They have to. Well, trouble him. is, uh, 
it's like Macron in France. Prime Minister is Prime Minister in name only. He has no real power. These guys can talk talk your ear off, but they can't they can't do anything because their parliament will tell them no. You know, I'm so tired of these wicked weasel prime ministers and presidents and congressmen. How is it that they always are the ones that, that take the realms of, the reins of power? I mean, this Macron is a crook to the core. He's New World Order, just like his um, his buddy over there in Canada. Yes. Who sold out to the World Economic Forum. And I think he's a he's got a feminacy problem. You know, skinny pants. His pants are a little too high. You can see his socks. And when he crosses his leg, he does it like a woman. I got a problem with men who cross their legs like a woman. I'm just saying, what's up with that? Well, I've heard many even weirder stories than that about him. He I won't repeat him here, but I've heard some very interesting stories about him. Do you think he's Fidel Castro's bastard son? There you go. There we are. He might be. And I still want to know what Michelle Obama's got in that bulge. Yeah, there's been a lot of people wanting to know that answer. Is that Michael? And there's still plenty of... Yeah, Michael. <laughs> I want to know. Um, that comedian who first said, everybody knows that uh, Michelle is a, is a guy... And she went in for some throat surgery and died. Remember the one? Joan Rivers. Yeah. What was that about? Well, just saying. I don't, you know, there's some people, you you want to live in Hollywood and live in their world. There, you do have to, have to kowtow. But the thing that's happening to Hollywood it's now we have all these movies coming out through Amazon, Netflix, and lots of other secondary places, and then they go film in Vancouver, where right. it's cheap. Or they film down here in New Mexico, where it's cheap. And boy, oh boy, just, you know, they're finding out that they don't have as much influence as they thought. But back in those days, Joan Rivers, she's past the day when she was going to act anymore. She had one too many Most, surgeries. She was a beautiful woman at one point, and then she went got some more surgery. Yeah, and uh, looked like um, Kenny Rogers with his eye eye job. Um, we're live with Professor Tom Mack. We're talking about cosmetic surgeries, EU digital wallets. Is it Michael or Michelle? The Jack Bastard son of Fidel Castro? Could that be the president, the prime minister of, of Canada right now, and more importantly, Bitcoin? Back to Bitcoin and crypto, though. You know, I'm I'm getting excited to think about it again. Getting that brain going. Haven't yet found out how to skin that cat. But if there was ever an opportunity in low-hanging fruit to make money in the end time, I think it still is crypto. Uh, are there going to be some crypto winners? Do you think this thing could go to $100,000 per Bitcoin? It's possible. And 
the interesting thing, I think they're going to, they would split it before they would do that. Well, they're supposed to have the halving. Has it, when is that happening? That's yeah. getting close now, isn't it? Yeah, it's next few months. Two I don't months. know the exact date. I'll have to look. What's that mean? Whatever you have, you're going to have um, double? No, what it does is now when you go to buying currency, you'll only get half as much when you solve it. Okay. Solve an equation. Okay. That's where it has. But still, it's going to take another 20 years to finish mining all the coin, right? That's what they what 40? the estimates are. Okay. And I've seen three or four different ones. They all say it's probably going to take at least a dozen years to for it all to get mined because it's really getting difficult to mine coin. Again, there's no guarantee that you'll make any money with crypto. You might lose everything, but you know, folks, it's um, it's kind of interesting what you can potentially do with it, and you know, put ten or twenty dollars on a on Bitcoin in your PayPal wallet, for example, or get well, a- or here's here's what I'm staring at right now. What do you see? It's one that Mark Cuban liked. Oh. It's called Polygon. Oh, yeah, Polygon. What's it doing? It's at 68 cents, but I think it has a lot of potential to go higher. It was much higher. It was uh, pushing $2 a year ago. Yeah. And I know Polygon. As I said, a lot of this happened because of FTX. And FTX mm. flooded the market. Good point. What is going on with that dude? Basically, they're trying to keep that quiet because there's a lot of Democrats who stand to be hurt severely by all this. Dude, he might be Epstein. What do you think? Well, I wonder that sometimes. That's why he's staying in the Virgin Islands. He knows too much. Yeah. Just like that movie. Um that I sent over the title to The Peacemaker yes very good movie I watched it again and um, I saw it actually when it came out of the theater and so I did too I took my sons I thought it was really well done but you noticed in that movie um, some of the people that were on the inside instilling those nukes they knew too much and uh, they got terminated yes well, a that better, young man right at the beginning of the movie. A better the example. The young officer. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. A better example, though, would be the fourth Protocol movie. Oh, yes. Frederick Forsyth is one of my favorite writers. And then to some degree, The Day of the Jackal. But that fourth Protocol, everybody in there got eliminated who was part of it. Uh, or that yes. was the intent. I wouldn't want to be around Pierce Brosnan. No. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's some interesting he movies. He told to kill everybody. Right? However, there was a reason for that. The The general who commanded him to do all this stuff was doing it. He was a rogue operator. Right. And if the rest of his country found out what he was doing, he would be offed. And probably was. And we saw a lot of that in the Soviet Union in the late 80s. I told the Lord 
many years ago that I would I would give up going to the theaters, and uh, I've kept that promise now for seven years. And while I haven't been back to the theaters, I have watched movies. And then I took a long break. I said I wasn't going to do that again, but I'm back. I am watching some movies, but I won't go back to the theater. But I've been watching no some of these. Go to the theater. <laughs> no reason to. Uh, I there... won't tell you why, but there's. There's plenty of ways to get movies without doing that. Well, some of these movies, I, like The Day of the Jackal, The Fourth Protocol, um, the Ipcris File, especially if you like hunting Nazis. And uh, there's some good movies out there. But I saw The uh, Peacemaker again today. I thought, I, I seem to have thought, the reason I watched that again is I thought, Tom, that the. Um, the theme of the movie was there was a uh, nuke taken and they had detonated over in Ukraine. That's what first came to mind. And uh, mm-hmm. that one that is detonated in the beginning of the movie, it's over in that Yeah, that was somewhere. over in the Ural, on the other side of the Urals. They literally detonated a nuke. Yes, um, and actually that's based on a real-life event. There was a big, huge nuclear explosion on the other side of the Urals that nobody's explained and they haven't explained it yet. Could we be on the eve, Tom, of seeing a nuclear detonation over there on that front in Ukraine and Russia? No reason to, unless the Ukrainians have found a way to do it. No, I mean, Russia... Russia doesn't need to. They've got that thing exactly where they want it. Well, wait. And they're willing to let that thing drag out for a couple of years, get their soldiers all trained. Yeah, but a bridge was just blown up by some British shadow missiles in the last 24 hours. What do you think about that? They'll have that thing put back together. It's like the other time they put some holes in that bridge over to Crimea. The Russians had it fixed in a few days. How much longer, though, before Ukraine has the F-16s, which can carry nuclear tip missiles? I'll say this much. Scott Ritter said it. Colonel McGregor said it. Once those F-16s touch ground in Ukraine, they're toast. Now, I got something shocking that I just uh, read on Steve Quill's website today. Steve Quill put up a post that a B-52 bomber and they show a picture of it uh, landed in Jakarta, Indonesia, which is just, I've been to Jakarta twice, it's just two hours by airplane. And it sure does look like an older plane. What the heck? Well, they were made the year I was born. And I'm 68 years old. Exactly. But are these still in our inventory? Yes, they are. And the allegation is, in the backyard of China, a B-52, how the heck did Indonesia get pulled into this? Because they've had meetings with China, and I, I think they were leaning more, they want to get be part of BRICS and so forth, but I didn't realize it, but I think we have a base or two here, or at least a contingent of men over here in Indonesia. There might be, there's a big contingent in Philippines. Right. And I know there's B-52s there. Do you remember a few years ago when Russia 
flew some of their nuclear and long jack bombers right into Venezuela. Three of them landed. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to understand, the Russians are always going to push it every chance they can. Next time we get Major Baird on here, you need to ask him about that. Because remember, he was the assistant post commander in Alaska. Yeah, man. Um, there's reports that internet outages have been occurring in Alaska. We need to ask Wes. Wes, who's in the chat room from Alaska, are y'all hearing about any attacks on the internet grid up there? Are you having any issues? Now, we know about the undersea water cables that have been getting cut. Some happened over here last week and last week's in Asia. Uh, I wonder if there's a strike being prepared for Alaska. I mean, Russia's only 90 miles, right? From Alaska? Not very far. And, I mean, for years and years and years, we've gone toe-to-toe with with their planes. And now with these hypersonic missiles, which they have that we don't have. I may be wrong. This is just uh, a speculation. I don't think we got the balls today to do a retaliation against Russia. I know in Clinton's time, the official stance was we would absorb the first blow. Do you think that the Pentagon is itching for a war and they'd like to shoot some nukes over to Russia, or do you think that Russia could potentially hit us and we would absorb it and maybe capitulate? Well, I think if it ever got to that... And I don't think either side wants it to get to that. That's the thing to remember. Nobody really wants to get there. But if it were, I don't think anybody's taken anything. But also, they've got hypersonic missiles we can't knock down. And we don't have hypersonic missiles yet unless we find find a way to get the ones Israel has. Now, Poland and Finland are right there on the uh, Russian border, right? As is much of Europe. But I think those two countries' names come up today that uh, there's a potential for some conflict with Russia. And uh, how would those two little countries dare think that they could come up against the bear? If I was Russia, I'd be nuking those countries over there that even thought they wanted to try to fight against me. Of course, that would provoke NATO because they are part of NATO, right? Yeah, but what does NATO have right now? They've given everything to Ukraine, and Ukraine's promptly destroyed it all. There's a reported big-time shortage of ammo in Germany. Exactly. And in America, too, probably, right? Well... I've heard rumors that way. Nothing I can prove. Right. But even our conventional um, ammo that you know is made available to the general public, a uh, general public, gun owners, we've only historically had, I think, about two plants or so. Um, we haven't done much in the way of expansion that I'm aware of. Now, not to say that that couldn't be turned in a moment, you know, into operation. I said, you know, we're still making state-of-the-art uh, aircraft, but could those things retool and begin to make ammo? 
it wouldn't be too hard to tool them up to make all, any ammo they wanted. The question is, are they going to be allowed to do it? That's the million-dollar question. Do we have a leadership that has hubris and pride, really thinks that we can bully Russia and get them to back down and we could beat them? Or do we have people that want to actually provoke the nuke to take America out of the way? Well, I think the first thing we got to do is we got to change our attitude. We need to think about how Donald Trump saw Russia. He didn't see Russia as competition. He saw Russia as an incredible market that the United States could take advantage of. Right. And in, and in addition, he was quite open to whatever Russia could give us. And right. this is what we need to get back to. Right. Is we need to quit thinking these people as our enemy and that we they're going to destroy us. No. They, they're people too. They right. like our cars. They like our stuff. And good grief, we have such a trade deficit. It would be nice to sell some of our stuff into Russia. Hell yeah. I don't want to go to war with anybody. I'm just yeah, like... Exactly. We need, Why should we? We need to get our... It's insane. Our it's troops insane back. to be doing this. Absolutely. But we've got these jack bastards that they want to turn this world into a one world order, put us under the World Economic Forum, chip everybody, and make everybody submit to the uh, eugenics research that they're deploying out there to turn the human race into mutants. Well, again, this is the fantasies of some very crazy people. And before any of that can happen, we have to go back and remember I talked about it's been about two years ago now the three disasters of Genesis and every time you try to monkey with anytime you try to monkey with the genetics of human beings as they did Genesis 6 we have a flood when we start trying to have one language suddenly we get zapped and suddenly languages are confused and then when you try to confuse genders as they did Sodom and Gomorrah they were you know suddenly fire and brimstone comes down These guys have to realize that they better study their history. There's only so much you're going to be able to do before there's repercussions for your actions. I mean, you can go talk in Davos and say you want to be a cyborg or something. That's nonsense. If you start playing in that direction this time, there's an Elohim in heaven that's going to deal with you. And he's going to deal with you very severely. That's right. That's why there's a second coming. It's because man can't regulate himself. 
there's a lot of speculation as to uh, what's going to happen with Biden. Now, I understand that a a move to um, went through the House. Yes, which it should. And it passed. Well, what they've done is they've passed the law to start talking about. What's the term where they uh, censor a president? Well, they, they're Impeach- going to impeach. Impeachment. Now, is there enough uh, support in the Senate? To, well, that's uh, just it. it. An impeachment is fruitless unless you come up with some real charges. That's what Charles Grassley from Iowa's doing. Makes me feel a little better that he, my father, was involved in getting him in, in the Senate. But let's say Biden was impeached and had to step down. Same puppets are still controlling the operation. That would just mean that lady would move up into his position. Well, what would happen? Right? Kamala Harris is also being impeached. Oh. So they're doing both of them at the same time. I didn't realize that. Well, who would take over? Speaker of the House? That's right. We would suddenly have Republican in there. McCarthy? Yes. Interesting. Um, I believe who the Democrats are going to put forth is going to be Newsom. Well, it doesn't matter. They're not going to get anybody through before they get both of them impeached, and then nobody can get through. It'll be up to McCarthy as to who who he picks as a vice president. And I have a feeling he's going to be another dud. Big promises, but well, he doesn't deliver too much. I mean, isn't that what happened? Well, basically all he's going to do is sit around for the next election. Right. I mean, he... He screwed people on that debt ceiling vote, did he? Yeah, he had no choice on that. Why? Because he's, you know, yes, he could have, he could have fought loud and hard. I think he could have fought harder than he did. But in the end, what you need to do is make sure you got some things in exchange, which he didn't do. Yeah, I mean, but why not let the government run out of money? Um, Well, because it would collapse currency. And it's already walking on eggshells. We don't need to make it any worse. We're in trouble, man. Uh, BRICS shows no sign of abating. They're going all in. I think the only thing we can realize if we close with this is that we are... We are very close to the coming of our Messiah. Well, dude, if Jesus comes back, it's all over. Yeah. You think he's coming back soon? I think it could be very soon. We're having some very interesting solar eclipses in this part of the world. But what about the tribulation period that's got to occur? War on the saints. Well, how do you know we haven't been in a tribulation? I did a Bible code that said that the tribulation started in 1961, the day Dwight Eisenhower gave his last speech. 
What about the Mark of the Beast system? It's already here. What do you think they did with the backs? It changed DNA. So that suddenly you have 214,000 million genes. Whereas you had 144, 214, or yeah, 214,000 genes. Or 216,000. Whereas before you had 144,000. Now, where did we get that 144,000 from? I think it's from Revelation, if I'm not mistaken. Revelation 7 and 14. But if you take 216,000, it is the sum of 600 times 60 times 6. Well, the Bible said you had to calculate the number of the beast and that he was going to stand in the temple. Well, the word temple in Thessalonians is the Greek word neos, which Paul uses every time he talks about the temple of our body. When he talked about the physical temple, he used a different word. Well, this would be a good time to ask the question. Uh, have you been falling into the work of Stephen Pigeon? What's he up? What's he concluding right now? I just basically told you what he's come to come to think. Really? He believes and, it's that late. Like you say, they're just messing with the genes. And I don't know how far the faxes have come. It's turned out they're not as successful as they are their only thing they're succeeding in doing is killing people I don't think we have gotten that far down the timeline but I would not be surprised that the tribulation were to kick off uh, in the next year I think year. it's already kicked off it just, it's like birth pain you know you've you've had children you've probably been in the delivery sure. room with your wife sure and what happens? The pain starts small, but they get bigger, and they get bigger, and they get bigger, and they get bigger. And that's how the tribulation works. I mean, look, when they sign this treaty, that's going to give the WHO the power, and let's say they are able to push forward in the next year, or 18 months, with a digital passport that everybody's required to have to travel. Um... I think next stop is War on the Saints because there's going to be many of us that are not going to do it. Well, honestly, I don't see the World Health Organization has all these lofty ideals, but there's way too many countries that are going to say no. They are not going to put their health in the hands of some washout Ethiopian dictator. Well, I would agree. I wouldn't think they would do it either, but the reports that we're getting is there's been very little pushback. Well, you got to watch the media. This is the other thing I warn people about. Our media is a propaganda vehicle. True. It's one that would make Dr. Joseph Goebbels proud. That's true. <laughs> so everything you get from the media, you have to take with a grain of salt. 
to quote my dear mother. Definitely the mainstream. Um, yes. I do not listen to the mainstream media because they're often wrong. I like redacted. Of course, I, Quill, I like those guys. They're good. They know what time it is. And they got some great interviews over there too. They let the ghost guys talk for about an hour. Like McGregor and, and, the, and I, the rest. Yeah, Colonel McGregor I like, but have you seen the report from the guy who's down on uh, he's down in the jungles of the Darien Gap in Panama talking about the immigration? Yeah, Van, Mr. Van, I think his name is. And they have another yes, dude. I've listened to a couple of those, and it's quite interesting. Another dude and I thought that embedded with the might Russian have Army. to send you there just to get another look. <laughs> Man, that cartel dude—they got control of more than I had expected. Somebody sent me an email, and they—they're uh, showing the staging areas in Panama, Costa Rica, probably Guatemala's got them too. I mean, oh yeah. They're everywhere. God have mercy. We're live with Professor Tom Mack. Brother Tom, give out your contact information. How do people reach you and your websites? Okay. My main website, we're in the process of rebuilding it, is whitestonefoundation.org. Also, we have biblecodes.co. And when you get back on TV, we'll have to have a Bible code program. Yeah. And... Or maybe just do a video off of this sometime. Sure. And we'll we'll look at the codes a little bit. See what they're telling us. And but you can go on Biblecodes.co and you can you can see all my research. I don't keep anything hidden. Well, I do keep some things hidden. Personal codes I do not reveal to anybody but the person asking for them. But as far as historical, we've had to rewrite a lot of history. And I'm thankful for people like Dr. Joseph Farrell, also your shark hunter, Mr. Cooper. Right. He's given me some clues, and i found codes to back him up. We need to get Farrell on. And, I've never met him, but I've seen him on Tino Struckman. Yes. Tino has him. Also, Dark Journalist has him. And, but also, antichristwatch.org, ancient-evil.org. We have a few of them, and they're all listed at Whitestone Foundation. And we're we may have another project or two coming up here soon. So keep our, keep alive. You want to close this in prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach, come before you to this afternoon, tonight, whenever. People are listening from all over the world, so I don't know what time it is for them. But whatever it is, Heavenly Father, we beseech you about the condition of the world this day. Evil men wax worse as you said they would. But Heavenly Father, today 
I want to loose the spirit of truth throughout the entire world. Just legions and legions of spirits of truth to show everyone what's really going on. And let's let's make sure that everybody knows what's going on. Expose the lies for what they are. And we just thank you for this program and thank you for the opportunity to speak on here every week. We just lift up Major Baird right now. Hopefully he'll be well enough in a couple of weeks and we can have him on again and we can we can see what you would have, you've been showing him. We just we just pray for everybody listening here tonight or whenever. And we just ask that you would bless them specially today. And that you would give them specific guidance because you like to talk to everybody. And you talk to each one of us individually. And we just thank you for that. That you have a place for every one of us. We just thank you for that. Amen. Tom, thank you for coming on today, brother. God bless you. Okay, we'll see you next week. And hopefully we can... Might, I'll have to see if I can get Major Baird on one of these times. Excellent. Because I got a feeling our Heavenly Father's been showing him a few things. Absolutely. Tell him we're ready for him, yes. man. Okay. I will definitely do that. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Thank you. And shalom. That was Tom Mack stopping in. Uh, we had Walter Santos and Brother Dean Braxton scheduled for tonight. They were not ready. So we will get them on another time. Also, we had uh, Betsy Pelletieri scheduled this week. Got our wires crossed on scheduling, so we'll have to bring her back in. Um, That's going to conclude our marathon for today. Now, um, I'm going to upload here in a bit a couple more of the Omega Man Reloaded broadcast. Now, that's going on its own channel, as I mentioned. On SoundCloud, we also have Speak My Word over there. I will probably do an episode of that tomorrow to catch up because I didn't get it done tonight. Also, um, don't forget, Substack. If there's something I need to alert you to, I'll put it up there as well as on my website. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. That's your first place to go because anything that has occurred, you will see there. And I put up a posting that said uh, we have MixLR back online. Podbean archives have been uh, set up with a business account, so we've got unlimited streaming capability over there. I want to thank those that helped us with that. So some good things are happening. You can tune in on MixLR again. Also, IceCast continues. I think we're going to keep that. And um, just go to the website and peruse that. You should probably find out most of the things you're looking for right there. Uh, and then, of course, Substack, as I mentioned. God God richly bless all of you out there. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back. We're on Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. And again, check the archives because I've got a lot of great stuff being put up there in the Reloaded um, podcast. That is also on SoundCloud as well. Speak my word. And then Mega Man Radio at Podbean. Links at my website. God richly bless all of you. Thank you for tuning in. 
See you soon.